And bonjour all you gardening cats and gators. Welcome to Gardening with Cisco. And it's December 28th, so not much uh, left of December in 1919. So I hope everybody had a really great 1919. I definitely did. It's been a great, great year for me. Got my book done. That was one of the major things for me. But uh, I've had a lot of fun on TV and radio and uh, giving garden talks and looking forward to a great year next year. So I hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas. I went over to Mary's family's house and had a wonderful time. And everybody was amazed how much dessert I ate. It wasn't that much. (laughs) Well, it was kind of a lot. But hey, you don't get desserts like that every day. The best part is that Mary made her homemade biscotti. This is the best biscotti on earth. I just, I'm always trying to get her to make them, you know. (laughs) She's a true artisan. And the, the funny part is that she made all this great biscotti, but she took it all over to the family party, you know, and I'm like, oh, can't we just keep a few? But there were so many desserts, she came home with almost all of them. So life is really good. <laughs> hey, uh, by the way, I want to wish everybody a happy new year. It's the year of the rat in the Chinese horoscope. And uh, just so happens Mary and I are both rats. And I was reading what happens when two rats marry each other. It's okay. It's not the best, but it's okay. (laughs) So I just thought I'd tell you what I read about uh, rats, because you're probably thinking, oh my God, he's a rat. He's a terrible person. And you know, but uh, rats have spirit, wit, alertness, delicacy, flexibility, and uh, vitality. They're also clever and quick-thinking and witty. Oh, la, la. So I'm for sure a rat. No doubt about it. (laughs) There were a few other things I didn't mention, but those weren't important ones anyway, you know. So, (laughs) Okay, I I have a few announcements I want to say. I'm going to be flying solo today, so I hope you'll give me a call. You gave me a million calls last week, and I really appreciated it. It was just great. You never know this time of year. You never know how many calls you're going to get. But uh, if not, you get to hear a lot of me doing a soliloquy, which what could be better than hearing a rat do a soliloquy? So, uh, so yeah, uh, just a few announcements. Uh, I've probably been overdoing this one, but uh, my uh, new book is coming out January 21st, and it's called Oh La La. Homegrown Stories, Helpful Tips, and Garden Wisdom, and it is short stories about gardening, dogs, and travel. (laughs) And, uh, hey, the the big uh, launch, so the big launch for the new book is happening uh, on uh, January 22nd at 7 p.m., at Third Place Books in Lake Forest Park. So that's a Wednesday, so I hope lots of you come. You'll get uh, my new book signed. It'll be the first to have it. Oh, la, la. I'm sure that's uh, something you're looking forward to like crazy, but I hope you are. Okay. Hey, there's another thing I want to let you know, and that's January 5th. That's a Sunday. I'm going to be doing my first talk of 2020. I haven't done one. I don't think I've done any talks in December, but I was pretty busy, so I'm kind of glad I had that time off. 
But now I'll be very busy again, but I, it's all going to kick off at the Pialp Home and Garden Show on January 5th. And I'll be giving away a Gardening with Cisco t-shirt, some really cool plants. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. My only concern, and it's big, is that uh, the Seahawks might be playing at the same time. <laughs> this has happened to me there a couple of times over the years. One time we delayed the talk as we all watched the Seahawks on this big screen, one of the playoff games, and uh, the other team, all they had to do was kick a pretty short field goal to win the game, and the guy missed it, and everybody was in such a good mood for my talk. <laughs> so I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, hey, if you're not a big football fan, just come on out no matter what, Okay. That'll be too great for words to describe. Okay, and uh, hey, I also want to let you know that the uh, uh, Garden Delights is still going over there at uh, the Bellevue uh, Botanical Garden. It's a wonderful display of critters and plants. I like playing what's that plant because they make them out of those uh, LED light strings. And they're really, really good. And if you have never seen it, or if you have before, it keeps changing every year. It's really fun. I think it starts at 4.30, goes to like 9 o'clock or something. I can't quite remember. And it goes every night now until uh, New Year's. So you can go any of those nights and see this great display. Costs 5 bucks, but if you want, you can get on, uh, go to the Bellevue Botanical Garden website, and there's a link on Cisco. And then what you could do is you can uh, you can go to that site and um, find out exactly what the hours are, and you could buy an advance ticket, all that stuff. <clears throat> okay, there's one another thing I want to tell you about, and that is I got Mary to do this for me this morning, at, uh, which I really appreciate. It's a really cool picture on my website, and uh, yeah, and it's a little teensy article I wrote. Just you must have some air plants. So uh, there's a really cool picture of how I keep my air plants at home. Now I have some other ones, but I I bought this incredible dragon at the Flower and Garden Show some years ago, and he's got these hands and this these like things sticking up in the top. So I stick my air plants on there, and uh, so if you if you look at that picture. You'll see the air plant on the right side uh, in the right hand of the dragon. That air plant costs, you're not going to believe this, 29 bucks. Oh, la, la. But it is the coolest, coolest air plant I've ever seen. So what do you do with air plants quick? I'll just tell you. There's a, I wrote it up there. You can just read that, but I'm just going to tell you. You take those air plants off there. And, uh, you know, wherever you keep them. And you stick them. I always stick them upside down. But you stick them in like a big yogurt container full of warm water. And you leave them in there for two to four hours is what I usually do. Then take them out, shake them off, but good, and dry them upside down. I dry them in my dish strainer upside down because... The worst thing you can do is take them back up and put them upside up when they're still full of all that water because what happens is the water settles in the crown and you can rot your air plant. You don't want that. And you should uh, 
give them the water treatment at least every two weeks. You can spritz them a bit. That never hurts to do that. And uh, you know that the $29 one, uh, when I put it in the water, it turned green. I'm like, what? Did I pay 29 bucks for this silvery, beautiful, fuzzy thing that's going to turn green? But when I took it out, within just a little while when I hung it, put it upside down, it turned silver again. So I was really happy. Just uh, We're going to go to break in a second, but the other thing, and then I see that two of you have called, so I'll get to you right away when we come back. And that is that uh, uh, I take my air plants outside. These are little bromeliads is what they are, and they do get really colorful flowers too. And it doesn't kill them like it does a bromeliad, so you can keep them after that happens. They'll actually divide and you'll get more. And uh, I stick them in the branch unions in a lot of my plants, kind of in bright, shady spots. I stick them on my gigantic wisteria that's got some gaps where it's winding around the pillar, you know. I'll try and get a picture of that next summer and put it in something. And... uh, so uh, and I just squirt them with a little water when I'm out watering or something. There's enough humidity to keep them going all summer, and sometimes they bloom out there. So get yourself some air plants. What's 29 bucks? You deserve it. Okay. Hey, listen, I'll be going to those phones soon. Uh, I'll be going to you in Kirkland first when we come back. And uh, you're listening to 97.3 Cairo FM. You understand. We're back. And, uh, okay, we're going to Kirkland here to line number one. <laughs> hey, hi, how are you? Hi, Cisco? Yeah, hey, what's your name? Pat. What is it? P-A-T, Pat. Oh, like Pat. Oh, cool. Nice name. So we had trouble yeah. catching that at first. <laughs> okay, uh, my question, I have... Uh, a rabbit problem the past couple of years. I have fenced in almost all of my vegetable gardens. I am tired of stepping over those fences. And I have one section left. It's great soil in it. It's about 6 foot by 12 foot. What can I put in there that the rabbits won't eat? Well, you know, that's uh, you just stumped the living tweedle out of me right there, Pat. Because <laughs> I'm not sure what rabbits eat. You know, uh, but they eat most everything. I was... Uh, I, I, you're right there. Oh, I, I was uh, sitting in my office yesterday watching this huge bunny. But it, it's smart enough not to come out into my main garden. It stays behind the fences to keep my dogs out of that garden. And I'm like, what is that guy eating in there, you know? I was too lazy to go out and yell at it, though, but... Uh, I, but here's you. You know what you might have to do is either you got to fence them out, or you can use. Uh, doggone! I'm, now I'm going to forget the name of this stuff. But there's a there is one repellent that everybody says works the best, and uh, I can't think of the name of it off the top of my head right now. But I will tell you this much. Uh, it's dried pig blood. Isn't that a delightful thought, huh? 
But if you went to the nursery and, you know, you want to go to a nursery where they carry a lot of products and say, I want that dried pig blood. It's plant something. I just can't think of the other name. Plant skid. That's it. Plant skid is the stuff everybody says works the best. And okay. you don't have to put it, you know, on your veggies. You just put it around the spots where you got your veggies. And from everything I heard, have heard, I haven't actually tested it myself. I tried some other kinds. But uh, everybody says plant skid is by far the best. And it stinks when you put it out, but the smell goes away. The reason I haven't tried it is because I got two dogs. And if I put that out there, I don't know what in the world's going to happen. You know, I think yeah. my dogs might go nuts. But people that have talked to me about it, and people have sent me emails saying it works really well. Okay. But other than that, you have no particular ideas. <laughs> okay. well, 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 you have a good day. Okay, yeah, good luck. I wish I knew. But And if any people out there listening know what... Uh, what the uh, rabbits leave alone. Like, they only ate the top off all the carrots. I noticed that. <laughs> that doesn't do... At least I still had carrots <laughs> yeah, to eat, you know, but there was no tops. Coming up, yeah. grow down below either. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, they, they ate the tops off the beets. Uh, they ate... They'll definitely eat broccoli and all those things. So I don't know what they don't eat. That's the problem. So if anybody knows, call us up and tell us, okay? Okay. All right, Pack. Hey, thanks. I appreciate your call. Thank Happy you. New Year. Do you know what that? You know bye what? Bye. Do you know what your bye. sign is in the Chinese New Year's? Uh, I think I'm pig. A pig. Well, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, I, I like to eat. Probably is. <laughs> Well, I'm a rat, and I have a lot of good qualities, so, uh, you know, that's good. Okay, well, listen, thank you so much for your call. Okay. All righty, bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, let's see. I'm checking the time. I think we can go to Neil right now. He's over in Tacoma. Hi, Neil. Hey. I got these little bugs on my uh, lemon tree. Oh, what do they look like? And they look... It looked like a sesame seed. Oh, a little small oh. sesame seed. They don't really even look like a bug. It looks more like some kind of a scab. Okay. I My first guess is that you've got aphids. And uh, aphids, when you just look at them, they can look like a sesame seed. If you have a magnifying glass around and you take a close look, they're going to look like a little dune buggy. They got a couple of little exhaust pipes sticking out the back. They've got, yeah. uh, you know, six legs. Or I, I'm almost willing to bet that those are aphids that you got on there. Are you seeing any? Well, I, got uh, ton, I got a ton of aphids around because I got arborvitaes, and they really seem to like those. Well, and there's there. All it takes is for you to walk in someone's house who has aphids, accidentally rub against their plant or something. Without knowing, and a couple of aphids get on you, and then you come home and work on your plants, they jump off, get on your plants. They could reproduce so fast. It's unbelievable. Do, do the aphids move, though? Uh, not much. 
They pretty much sit still most of the time. They attach themselves right to the uh, main vein in the in the leaf, and they just stay there. And then the next thing you know, the leaves are putting out all this pitch. Yeah, I knew it. That was the next thing. Now, you might have scale. You've either got aphids or scale. Those are only two things that are going to look like that. That are they that suck the juice out of the plant. So that means they have liquid bug bug poop. This is something everybody needs to know. You can tell people it's stories, you know. <laughs> and, and, uh, but anyway, here's the thing: if you have uh, if you have scale, you got a tough job ahead of you. If you got aphids, you can even squish those with your fingers. They should just squish. I've gone through a whole squirt bottle of uh, pre-prepared neem oil. Yeah, you know, well, you know what? That's not going to get this. All right, you got scale. I'm almost positive now because so that neem oil is not going to. I mean, it seems to help, but it's sure not. You're not getting rid of them, and that's four. That's a good four or five uh, drenchings. Okay, of this here's here, all right. Yeah, all right. I got to tell you what you got to do. See what's happening. Those scales, they're just a covering. The female died. She laid so many eggs under those little covers you're seeing. Those little uh-huh. things. So they're full of eggs. They just kind of, they're going to hatch out. They're probably hatching out a couple at a time and going out onto the leaves where you're not seeing them. If you had a magnifying glass, you'd see little yellow things on the back of the leaves. Those are the scale nymphs, the little crawlers that are coming out of the mama. So what you got to do, you got to get one of those uh, Q-tips, you know, the thing you stick in one ear and pull out the other side. Yeah. yeah. So you got to get some of those. You got to get some rubbing alcohol, and you've got to rub off with the rubbing alcohol on the Q-tip every one of those little uh, bugs. Okay, and oh. then you could spray with your oil, and you'll get them. But otherwise, you won't get them. And it is the oh. gooeyest, yuckiest job you've ever done in your life. But at least you'll get a feeling of vengeance, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey Neil, I have to run, but try that. Okay. Try that technique. It's still going to take quite a few sprays of the oil to get rid of it, but you're on the way to victory now. Okay, thank you. All right, bye, Neil. Okay, and hey, everybody, don't go away. We're going to go through the news, and then we'll be right back on the best gardening station, ninety-seven-three Cairo FM. Welcome back. Okay, uh, we have all open lines, so if anybody wants to call in, that would be great. Uh, the number is one triple eight nine seven three Cairo, one triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. But I do, I did want to mention an article I read in the Pacific Horticultural Society magazine, and um, they were talking about some of these great gardens down on the south end of Seattle, and uh, I don't think they're well enough known, so I thought I'd just mention them real quick here. And if you have never gone to any of these, they're really, really great. So uh, the Chase Garden, that is down in Ording, and uh, it's a really cool garden. 
<clears throat> I don't know if I've ever shot TV there, but I've been down there and done events down there a couple of times. And it's a real interesting mix of a Japanese garden and a wildflower garden, I'd call it. So it's got a lot of natives, but it's got all sorts of Japanese maples and uh, really cool uh, different plants mixed in. So it's quite a nice garden, and the view of Mount Rainier is to die for. That got sold, and everybody thought, well, that's the end of that garden. But the new owners want to keep it open for the public. So, uh, hey, uh, by the way, I should tell you this right now. There's a link on Cisco.com. It's the South Sound Gardens, and you can read the whole article. So uh, if you want to do that, you could do it. But right now, we have a phone call, so I'll tell you about these gardens as we go along if I don't get too many uh, calls. So we're going to Burien now and talking to Greg. Hey, Greg, what's going on in Burien? Who? Hey, there he is. Hey, Greg, how you doing? I have a call. Oh, la, la. All right, I know what Greg this is. <laughs> Thanks a lot for calling, buddy. <laughs> yeah, no problem. I heard you had an open line. and I thought I'd brag about my Mahonia. Oh, so you're getting a lot of hummingbirds on your Mahonia, huh? It's the Battle of Britain out there, buddy. <laughs> don't hummingbirds love those? For people that don't know, Mahonia is like organ grape. Our organ grape is Mahonia aquifolium, but uh, but the kind of Mahonias we're talking about are called Mahonia media, uh, and then there's a whole bunch of different hybrids, and they bloom in the middle of winter, and hummingbirds can't leave them alone. They're nuts for them. Yeah, I planted it a little too close to the house, but I'm glad I planted it too close to the house at the same time because I can sit here at my kitchen table and watch them do their thing. Oh, it's so fun and to watch them. As you know, it's also lightly scented, so every time I open my front door, I get a nice little whiff of, uh, it's kind of a honey-vanilla mix, I guess. I don't know. What would you call the fragrance? I'd call it that. And which which Mahonias are, are you talking about? Which one do you have in your garden? Well, I only have five now. Oh, my gosh. I don't mean to brag or anything. (laughs) You know, whenever you hear anybody say that, you know you're immediately going to hear a whole bunch of bragging. Yeah, you know that for sure, especially from you. (laughs) And you. That's where I learned it. (laughs) So I got Charity right by the front door. Yeah, Charity's great. Yeah, that's probably my favorite. It's probably one of the easier ones to get, too. There's a lot of places that carry that now. That's true, and it gets uh, it, it gets big. It's a bit wide over time. I've had mine for probably 15 years, and it's probably 10 feet wide and 10 feet tall by now. So give it a little room, but uh, yeah. it's a good one. Uh, we got, I just got Arthur M- uh, Menzies in the ground, finally. I've had it in a pot for uh, far too long. I'm sure you know how that goes, too. I've, I've got one in out in my front driveway in a pot right now. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, I didn't notice about that one, but it actually starts flowering a little later than the charity does. Um, it doesn't start till almost Christmas. Which is nice. because it... a month now, so it's, that's going to extend the blossom on the other side of the season, which is nice. Yeah. I uh, just got Soft Caress. Have you been growing that one? Oh, yeah, I've had that one for years. That one, you don't, it doesn't uh, give you that uplifting experience when you back into it when you're weeding, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it has soft uh, leaves. The drawback of all the Mahonias is that they do have those sharply pointed leaves. 
you know, that's pretty easy to solve, though. I got myself a suit of armor, and I just wear that now whenever I go out and prune. <laughs> That'll probably keep you warm, too, you know. Yeah, it, it makes it a little bit slower to prune, but it's a lot safer. <laughs> uh, let's see. I actually have both of the parent plants of those hybrids, so I've got Lomerifolia and oh, yeah. uh, Mahonia japonica up in our little Madrona woodland up on top. Yeah, those are yeah, species. Got another winter sun too. A couple of years ago. Oh, winter sun! I love that. You know what I saw at Heronswood? I saw hope, and I've never oh, seen yeah. hope. I've read about hope and faith. These twins, they say they kind right. of are. I've never That's seen good. faith, one, yeah. but boy, hope just is beautiful. It stands out like crazy. Those yellow, right, the, it's. Gotta find room for one of those. Oh yeah, it's a really intense yellow, and I don't think it gets as big either. So, pretty darn nice. So is Dan growing that at his little Windcliff nursery up there? No, he, he. I don't know if he's if he has that for sale or not. He had. Uh-huh. There were two of them in uh, Heronswood. So I was over oh, there in Heronswood, in walking around in there with him. Right. It was really fun to see. So, I have to get that. And AI. So anyway, I was smart in that I did put it right outside the window so I can sit here when I'm feeling miserable and having my 742nd cup of tea in the last three weeks. Oh, that's a pain and, getting uh, cold. And watch, uh, the birds go about. And I got it planted right next to my trachea carpus. Oh, okay. So it's your palm tree now, buddy. That, well, you know, I have I can take credit for two palm trees because... At Seattle U, years and years ago, I decided to plant Trachycarpus fortunii, the Chinese windmill uh, uh, palm. And uh, interestingly, I bought five of them. I got them at Fernie's, which no longer exists. And they were really big when I got them, like six feet tall. And I planted them all. Oh, my God. They're over 30 feet tall now over there. Okay, now I'm getting the size complex because mine might be 10. Oh, man. Oh, my one at home is probably 15 to 18 feet tall, I'd say. And, but I have what I think is actually a cooler variety than the Trachycarpus fortunii. I've got Wagnerianus. And, oh, that's a nice one. Oh, that's so good with the smaller fronds. Doesn't get quite as big, I don't think. But, uh, oh, I love that one. It's so beautiful. Hey, but let me tell you a quick story. So I, I planted all these palm trees. One of them wouldn't stand up. So uh, it had something wrong right at the crown where it came out of the ground. And uh, it just kept falling over. And pretty soon I had like eight stakes around it. It, it looked like a hostage out in the front garden out there, you know. So uh, George Pinu comes out. He wants to see these palm trees. And for people who don't, George Pinu was our extension agent for years in Seattle. Really a neat guy. He was uh, King County and um, Pierce County. So he comes out and he sees the one all, all staked up. And he goes, why don't you just dig it up and plant it deeper? I said, you can never do that with a palm tree. I said, I've read everywhere. There's no palm tree you can plant deeper. He goes, this is the only one. I planted it. I dug it up, planted it a third deeper, and it came out of the pot. It is now the tallest one at Seattle U. How about that? 
and nobody yeah, knows just, that. I've, I always tell my clients when something like that happens, well, you know, they're not supposed to do that, but plants don't read textbooks. So. That's it. That was a special one. Well, hey, Craig, I got to take off because I got to go to break. But, no worries, buddy. Uh, hey, I hope you get over your cold quick. Oh, you know how it is, just patience and, and chicken soup. All right. Hey, uh, so you better look up what year of the Chinese horticulture, uh, uh, not horticulture, no. I'm a dog. You're a dog? That fits I'm perfect. A dog and Heidi's a rabbit. Oh, uh, that, that fits both of you two perfect. All right, Craig. Hey, thanks a lot for calling, buddy. See ya. Okay. Hey, we'll be right back. 97.3 Cairo FM. Okay, we're in the last uh, chunk of the show, I guess you could say, and uh, we don't really have time for uh, for uh, calls. So I'm going to uh, just talk about an email I got from Mark, and uh, it was about Kalanchoe. So these are the Kalanchoes; they're <clears throat> succulents that you see. They're gift plants for this time of year, and they've got whole bunch of little old quarter-inch flowers on top. They can be red, yellow, orange, white. And uh, they're very popular gift plants this time of year, and people love getting them. Well, he wrote and said, I want to keep this thing, and will it bloom again if I do, and uh, and how should I take care of it? So um, the first thing I'd say is uh, when it's done blooming, stick it in the brightest window you got in your house because uh, um you you got to hope like mad that uh, you can just keep it growing well. And if you can, then your chances are going to be a lot better to get it to come back. When it's in spring, you're going to have all those dead flowers on top and ring. Then cut it back and make it a nice uh, compact plant. So you can cut back, you know, probably a third to two-thirds on that plant. And uh, now here comes the tricky part. They don't like being too warm. So in spring, if you've got a window in your garage or something, if you could stick it out, it wants to be in the 40-degree range during the day, probably 60s during uh, 40 at night, 60s during the day. If you can manage to give the plant that, that would be really good. Oh, i got to give you another warning here, too. On these Calicoa gift plants, uh, some people call them calanchos, so that might help you know which plant I'm talking about. Uh, these calanchoes don't like full sun. You you know, it looks just like, it looks kind of like a jade or something in a way, and you think, oh, man, I should let this be out there in the full sun. But no, by about Mother's Day, you're going to probably stick it out, maybe even before that time, out into the garden, in a pot, I think. And uh, <clears throat> don't put it in full sun. It'll burn up. I made the mistake of doing that before. I had a really pretty one with orange flowers, but I did it in. So then, in the spring, probably <clears throat> late March or April, when things warm up to where the temperatures aren't going to get below 40 at night, put it outside in bright shade as you could find. Now you've cut it down, so it's really nice. And then, you know, nice and compact. You're going to start fertilizing it with a good bloom fertilizer. These plants have to have about 14 hours of darkness every night 
for six weeks in order to form buds to bloom again. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? How about like poinsettia? Same kind of thing, except for we don't usually try to get these uh, calanchoes to bloom for Christmas anymore. I gave up on that a long time ago. <clears throat> so if the daylight's just about right, you got it out there in April when days are still fairly short, uh, then it should set buds and it'll bloom for a long time in the summer. It'll be a great addition to your potted garden out in the garden. However, if the days are getting too long, because you know how fast that happens, and it's going to be more than 14 hours a night of, uh, you know, it's not going to get 14 hours of total darkness. You're going to have to stick it in your garage or something every night. What? A pain in the kazootski. <laughs> but if you do that, then uh, you will get it to bloom again. So uh, Ed, you brought that the last time we had a competition on New Day. He brought one of those, and I'm like, they're too much work to get them to bloom again. He's like, no, oh, it's easy. So evidently he's better at it than I am. That's all I know. But um, And if they don't get pretty cold in the winter, they don't seem to uh, set blooms very well during uh, summertime. So it's a little tricky on these guys. So, um, uh, but I wouldn't fertilize them till spring, not till March. And then maybe even in March, if it's a warm day, you could put them outside and put them in the unheated garage at night for 14 hours. That might work. By the way, if you ever do poinsettia, my friend Donna does a poinsettia. It's spectacular every year. I don't know how she manages to do it. But when I did it, I stuck it in a, a, a closet every night for 14 hours my wife, Mary, said, don't you think you should put a sign on that closet door so you don't forget that it's in there? I said, who's going to forget? It's just you and me. I know it's in there. Who do you think opened the door? Oh, la, la. <laughs> and when you open the door and let the light hit that poinsettia, it's going to take months longer for it to set blooms and do their thing. So uh all I can tell you is if you're going to do a poinsettia, put a big sign on the door that says, Hey, Dim Dim, don't open this door till morning. <laughs> That'll help a lot. I don't know if Donna has to do that. Some people have spots in their house where, you know, they don't get any artificial light and they work perfect. But I can tell you this. There's a famous story of a whole bunch of poinsettias in a nursery that are waiting to sell like mad and everything else. And I'll be darned if they didn't set blooms. They found out it was the night watchman using a little flashlight. That was enough light to wreck the whole thing. Hey, everybody, thanks so much for tuning in. Enjoy your new year so much. I think it's going to be really fun for me. And I'll see everybody next year. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>